This episode of Long Story Short is presented by Shillington, our Good Stuff Awards design sponsor. Hey, this is Sophie Callagas, editor of Frankie Magazine, and you're listening to our new bite-sized podcast series, Long Story Short, where we introduce you to 10 excellent entrants from the Frankie Good Stuff Awards. Imagine a sleek diving board made from paper-thin white marble and steel, only it's couch height and built for the sole purpose of holding your bowl of popcorn or glass of wine. That's the project Daniel DeGroote entered into the Good Stuff Awards in 2018, along with his brother and wife, Anthony and Prue, who make up the furniture design studio, Tuckbox. The trio has a passion for bringing simple, thoughtful design into the world, but they're not afraid to mess around with the idea of what furniture could be. I'll let Daniel put it into his own words. Tuckbox Design started in 2014 and I had a bit of time and my brother did as well and we managed to rent a small corner of a workshop and release an experimental range of furniture. And I guess the furniture was out of a bit of a reaction to um, what we'd seen around the place, which was quite a lot of throwaway, the hard rubbish collections and things like that. I think we were talking about how terrible it was to see and um, we wanted to create things which were a little bit more valued. Yeah, great. And who was your biggest support in getting Tuckbox up and running? Ah, that would be my wife. Also my brother, I think, as well. His skills are very diverse. We call him the human Swiss army knife. (laughs) So he developed our website and kind of keeps everything running, um, which allows me to just focus on the design side of things. On a more personal note, how did you get your start in the design world? Could you talk us through your story? I guess I struggled a little bit to find a direction going through the later years of school. And I just enjoyed painting and drawing and I kind of mixed that with enjoying graphics as well. And I stumbled into industrial design a little bit out of that, Mm -hmm. thinking that that kind of fitted the creative side of things and a little bit of engineering. So you studied industrial design at uni? Yeah, it was a great time going through uni. I really enjoyed that environment and being around other people who were creative Mm -hmm. and the conversations we'd have in the time that we spent together, I guess, through mates that I made at university and subsequent connections, which led me to do some travel after. So what was the work that you did while you were overseas and where were you? I guess mostly in London. It seemed like that's where everybody was going around that 2000s or so. And I ended up over there and through some friends, got a great job in a design firm with just a really creative kind of open space, which I made a lot of mates. We worked on a whole range of different projects, really diverse. When I talk about it, I probably took it down a little bit because some of the companies we did were larger companies, McDonald's, Hungry Jack's occasionally and things like that. But looking back on the work that we did, we were actually trying to probably steer them in more creative directions than traditionally what they were used to. We did a lot of smaller projects as well. Mm -hmm. It was a real mix. It was across signage and branding and graphics and furniture, interior design. So furniture was something that was always on your radar? It always has been. It wasn't specific to the role that I had whilst I was over there. It was a smaller part of the the job that I had. But it's always been an interest. Go back over old sketchbooks and I find these little drawings off to the side of chairs and stools and interesting little ideas of pieces of furniture, which are nice to kind of go back on. Yeah, right. But yeah, it's always just been around the periphery a bit. 
Well, thinking about your work with Tuckbox, um, you seem to have some pretty interesting inspirations for the designs you create. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I really try to look outside of furniture design to find a bit of inspiration. Mm-hmm. There was a person that I worked for in London who was the creative director at the place that I worked at, Neil Hogan. I can remember him talking about when you have a design problem. He said that you need to look away from the problem. What he meant by that was, I guess, you know, looking at other interests that you have and completely outside of the remit of what you normally would be looking at whilst you're at work with design um, and to try and draw inspiration and ideas from that. I probably look at that for a lot of different things, not just with furniture, but that idea of trying to steer my thinking away some of the pieces of furniture, we just we just looked at light and how light would interact with pieces and um, at different times of the day, setting things in different directions, even on different textures and materials. We just had a bit of fun with that. And I mean, the pieces that came out of it were more experimental than anything else. So they were never really designed to be mass produced. Do you see it almost more like art than a practical piece, or, do you, or do you Sometimes. want it? I think because you put so much blood, sweat, and tears into some things, and yeah. go to sleep thinking about it, waking up thinking about it. Yeah, definitely goes beyond the requirements of a normal job. I have a couple of mates who are artists, and I really enjoy spending a bit of time with them. Just the way that they think, you get away from that 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 routine way of thinking a little bit. Am I right in thinking that some of your pieces are inspired by space as well? Yeah, a little bit. I enjoy my podcasts and my um, science channels. I had followed the Cassini space probe. At the time, I can remember, there was a bit of political unrest around the globe. And I was just thinking how amazing it is that we can create this craft, that we can send it billions of miles away from us, you know, to beam back these amazing photographs and do all this mathematics and this amazing science. We can do that. But then we still have these issues, these simple issues that we can't seem to deal with. Although my interpretation within the furniture was much simpler with the shapes and shadows. The ideas behind it and the thinking at the time were quite... Quite complex, really. Like I think we all are, you know. It's, yeah. just, it's just how it kind of comes out sometimes and trying to get that out and feed that out into a piece of furniture. Mm. And I love that about art as well. You can take the simplest of pieces, but the complexity of the kind of thinking that goes into it to create it sometimes is fascinating. Yeah, just adds a bit of extra depth to it. It's not just a nice thing to look at. It yeah. kind of tells a story as well. It's quite fun. Okay, so when it comes to actually building the furniture, what kinds of techniques do you use? I'm a bit old school. For me, the ideas are more important than the technology that's involved. Um I think I've gravitated, since working in design for a few years now, I've gravitated more towards slightly more natural materials. Parts of materials, I guess, which I like to have in my house and that are healthy for my kids. Yeah. So that's the stuff that I stick with. And it's also the practicality of using materials which work very well uh, engineering-wise and are easy to fabricate and shape. I mean, steel is something that we see everywhere. Mild steel seems pretty boring, but when you work with a lot of other different materials and different metals, they can be very hard to work with, whereas mild steel is just something which you can manipulate so easily and fabricate with. It's great to get your ideas out there and get them together. You touched on it a little bit then, but how important is sustainability to your work? For me, it's something that it's automatic. 
just having spent a lot of time, I guess, in interiors and situations with smells of plastic and materials that aren't natural, I have this reaction to it. And I can't really put it into words, but I don't feel comfortable. And I guess part of that is having been immersed in design for a good part of my life now and become quite aware of the materials that are being used and how to use them and how they should go together. I find that this natural selection of real timbers and recyclable metals, leathers, you know, these very basic materials, which you see everywhere and they're used all the time, they work so well. And, and that's a big part of, I think, just being naturally sustainable. Beyond that, I guess there's the processes of finishing as well that we have to be aware of to make sure that we do go that extra mile. But it's worth it. Given you worked in a design firm for quite a while before Tuckbox started, and I imagine that was a fairly standard kind of office situation, um, was it exciting to get in a workshop and, you know, pick up some tools and get your hands dirty? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually get a bit hands-on. I've been working in an office, I think, for 10 years or so in the UK and I was itching for something different and that's when my wife and I came back to Australia and I always have had an interest in kind of making things with my hands so there was the opportunity there to I guess start something where we could actually be involved with some of the manufacturing and prototyping ourselves there's a lot of satisfaction in that I can imagine seeing something on a computer is great it's a really useful tool but um to actually physically build something, see it going together, understand the processes that are involved with that, especially when you go to manufacturing something in quantities. It really helps to know intimately how that product goes together. Where do your pieces end up generally? Like, is there a typical tuck box customer? Are they going to regular people or to businesses? A good proportion of the products go to cafes and restaurants and then residential pieces go I guess they go all over the place we've sent pieces to New York we've sent them to Denmark but it's quite lovely the interest has come from all around the place and there's no specific designated profiled person really I think it just comes down to some people like it and some people don't I guess it's just like art really for me it's it's lovely to see something where I've toiled away with for a good amount of hours seeing somebody else appreciate it it's really good fun must be amazing What's it like working so closely with your wife and your brother? Do you think it leads to more or less tension in the long run? We don't seem to have issues spending time together, although he might say differently. (laughs) Generally, we kind of don't compete with the things that we do in the workshop. Mm -hmm. And my wife's kind of, um, her involvement is probably more so in the marketing and media side of things which I just don't understand. So I really appreciate any input or any time that she can get outside of her full-time job. There's something that's probably not discussed a lot with small business, and I think it's that that idea of it's quite demanding. And I've only realised this more recently, that you really need to look after yourself a bit, you know. And Mm. that idea of mental health is probably not discussed a lot, but that's, I think, a big part of getting a bit of time out and spending it doing other things, which take your mind off the business a little bit. When you're wrapped up in it, you just don't realise. Okay. Last question. What is your dream for Tuckbox going forward? If anything, it's a bit of constant change, if that makes sense. We've put a lot of effort behind 
singular ideas in the past and it's been good fun to do it but the outcomes are rarely to the scale or the size that you hope for in the beginning so I think I get more of a kick out of succeeding in different ideas and challenging ourselves with new projects so yeah the, the future I guess for us is adapting a little bit I guess this episode of Long Story Short is presented by Shillington, our Good Stuff Awards design sponsor. To have a listen to all the interviews and find out more about the awards, pop over to frankie.com.au.